Welcome to the Habits and Hustle podcast, a podcast that uncovers the rituals, unspoken habits, and mindsets of extraordinary people. A podcast powered by Habit Nest. Now here's your host, Jennifer Cohen. All right, guys, welcome to Habits and Hustle. And today we have Gabrielle Reese, otherwise known as Gabby Reese. Easier. Much easier. I'm, I'm really excited about this episode. I was saying before you got here, I didn't want to like say it and then re-say it mm-hmm. because um, of so many things that you stand for and who you are as a person, which I'll ask you about. But for those of you who don't know, she's a champion volleyball player, a model, an entrepreneur, and I think just an overall just like badass woman. So I'm so excited to have you here. So thank, thank you. you for coming. I hope I can live up to all of that. I don't know. We're going to find out now, won't we? Um, <laughs> what I was going to say, and I said I stopped myself before we started, was um, I wrote the book, Strong as a New Skinny. Mm-hmm. And you are always kind of one of those like role models for me and for the book because I think that you were one of the, the first women who was a very strong presence. You were so tall, 6'3". And you were, you were being praised for being muscular and super fit, but you weren't a waif, which was that huge trend, right? Yeah. And you kind of made being strong, like super hot and super sexy. And like, I think that was like kind of the first of maybe how now it is that way. Mm-hmm. And I was always curious, like when you went, when you were, when that was you, did you feel that way about yourself or how did you feel? Like, well, I think you have to realize like, from when I'm coming up, I'm coming up with a really different perspective. Right. Meaning, so there's a couple events that go on because really it's always the people before you that you never hear about are the ones. Mm-hmm. And then my timing just was good. Right. If that makes sense. You know, like Cheryl Miller was a, just right before me. And if you want to go deep into the lineage, you have like Babe Dietrichson Zaharias, who was incredibly muscular, but maybe not quite as feminine. Mm. Um, so I think coming up, first of all, I was, you're kind of bumbling through. You're not like focused and being like, oh, I know what I stand for. I was growing, I was growing up. I was 17 when I went to college and 18 when I started modeling. It's not like you have a complete sense of self and Absolutely you, not. and you know, like, oh, this is going to translate like this. Right. So you're sort of bumbling around and, and maybe because of my height and because I came from sports, which does really empower you in a different way, mm-hmm. you know, and, and being around other really strong women, it's sort of the norm. Cause there, there's a lot of me's in, you know, built like me physiques in, in all of women's athletics. And so it was that part of it definitely shaped me sort of saying, yeah, this is really who I am. When you're six, three, you're not, you, you either are tortured or you say, I'm not going to be tortured and I'm just going to go with it. Right. So I think, um, what I did realize is once I then turned professional and that was sort of that there, I was straddling this line of like feminine and, and strength and all this of these things, but again, just representing a group and a time. But it was you that stood out, right? Like it, there, like you said, there's a lot of people who may have had similarities to you, mm-hmm. but there was reasons why it was, became you, the person like who became, you were on the cover of Elle, cover of all these magazines and you playboy. wasn't, wouldn't you, didn't you even like, do, yeah, but I did playboy late. Yeah, late. I was 30. Mm-hmm. You do, oh really? Okay. Mm-hmm. But still like you're, you were still not the typical person that they would say it was a sex symbol, but you became one. In my, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like even Playboy, I didn't think they'd publish the pictures because I had a guy friend of mine say, oh, I saw your Playboy. And he goes, you know, it just wasn't, I go, what, pornographic enough? And he's like, yeah. 
like all like <laughs> yeah, all the yeah, women yeah, yeah. that saw it really liked it because yeah. it was actually just the form the yeah. guy who shot it, Philip Dixon, who I work with since I was 18. And like the last time I shot with him, I think I was 47. Like I've, wor I've worked a very long time with this wow. person who I trust very much. He put you next to like a mountain or a rock or jumping. So it was really the form. Yeah. And then when I saw it, and Amazing. what we did is we shot the pictures. Um, he edited the layout and he gave it to them. And he goes, this is how it has to be. And when I saw it, I go, they will never publish these. Really? No, because they weren't yeah. sexy. They weren't sexy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I they think that's the thing. I don't know that I've ever been sexy. I don't think it's that. To I don't me, think. You, I mean, that's I, But saying. see, it's funny. For women, yeah. it's almost like they're like, yeah. But I don't think for men as much of the notion of what we think is sexy or sexual I get what you're saying. Although I do think it's evolved to now where that is much more sexy or sexual than it was back then, which is what, what kind of what I was kind of getting mm -hmm. to at that time, that was definitely not like sexy or sexual. It was more like being like size zero and little petite and like eating mm -hmm. a little carrot maybe once in a while. Yeah. And then you come, you know, on, and they, even like you said, you, you were from, that's kind of what you were surrounded by. But for whatever reason, to me anyway, you stood out and I was like, wow, this is, this is exactly, she embodies everything that I think is super hot. And then obviously I wasn't the only one because you. with your whole career. But so when you were like 15, I think I saw, I saw when you like, you were 6'3", 15. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How was that? Did, how did you feel then being that? Like, was it? Yeah, it was tough. Yeah. I think it's tough. And then that's right. Also, when I transitioned from growing up in the Caribbean and moving to Florida, it was my junior year of high school. And what was very interesting for me is I actually always felt okay about it. It just got tiring the response mm. of people. Yeah. Oh, you're so tall. You're tall. And when you're 15, you're already, again, you're kind of muddling right. through and you want to be a part of something and you want to fit in. And actually you really want to be like everyone else, right. you know, the hairstyle, the clothing. And, uh, it's a valuable lesson. I think it's true for any of us. Like if we have this thing that makes us different, it will be the thing. I mean, it's like you spend your whole adult life trying to be different, I know. you know? So true. it's this, this small window from like 11 to, is it 20? Is it 19 where you're like, Oh, I gotta be like everybody. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, how do I stand out? But anyway, I just think for me, I always felt okay. I always stood up straight. My mother's very, very tall. She's about six, two and a half. Um, it just got like the other people around me, uh, after a while. And then when I started playing sports, it sort of gave me a reason to be this tall. Mm -hmm, like definitely. people will be like, Oh, you play volleyball and basketball. That's why you're so tall. It's like, Oh yeah, that's why I'm so tall. <laughs> exactly. Right. You just know, works out that way. yeah. And you have a tribe. Then I went to college and there's a lot of other girls, you know, my height or taller, right. A more muscular, whatever. Right. So your sense of self was like always in check basically is my point. It was always, yeah, you, de yes. you always seem to have but I didn't want to stand out. Right. I didn't want to not, I wasn't trying to not, but I didn't want to disrupt or get in the way right. or speak too loudly or draw attention to myself. I did, I did have that component. Right. I mean, just moving from uh, the Caribbean to like to the U S that must've been a crazy transition when you're 15. Yeah. Like it was important though. How was it? How did, how, what, what, how did you grow up? Like in the, what were the, what was it like, I guess is the question when you yeah. were to grow up in the Caribbean versus the U S I guess. It was very wild. Yeah. You know, a lot of the times we always say the parents that if they're not from there, why are they there? Right. Well, yeah. Cause they're having a good time Yeah. <laughs> and you know, there's music and alcohol right. and you know, a lot of marijuana, like a lot of weed and you know, so there was a lot of independence 
a lot of being outside, a lot of being in the ocean, but you never really thought past, like for me personally, I never thought about anything past high school. Like I would thought, okay, I'll just get a job. I never thought about going to university. That wasn't, I wasn't groomed that way. And, um, it would have been very easy to have a child at 19 and just work in a gift shop and not that, Hey, that's not a good existence. But it would have been very easy for that to be my path. And so my mom, I think at that time was like, this isn't probably not going to go as well as it could. So that's why she moved me my junior year. Oh, okay. So then you were, so your aunt, your aunt and your uncle raised you for a few years, From two to seven. I lived in Long Island with them. My mom was training dolphins. I know. It sounds silly. She was training dolphins? Yeah, in a circus. And I got whooping cough. And uh, so they took care of me. And during that time, my father was getting um, his doctorate's degree. And then he ended up passing away when I was living there. Um, And so then when my mom got remarried and he was from Puerto Rico, and it's just kind of ironic because my biological father's from Trinidad. Mm. And so what was really a beautiful gift to me that I didn't know at the time was I got to really understand a lot about my father's culture, Mm. at least living in the West Indies. Yes, there's different nuance between St. Thomas and Trinidad, but there's a lot of similarities. And so um, it was really a real gift to me that I didn't know. So I obviously didn't want to move down there because I was feeling really secure and had a routine and a home and a family. And I did move down and it was really uncomfortable. And also, you know, it's like they always say it's so cliche, but it's like, it's the stuff that forms you. Right. Like, were you not, were you not really an athlete back when, when you were living in the Caribbean or I was active active? and I did dabble in volleyball, oh, you like did? a little okay. bit in sixth grade, I believe even a little more in 10th grade. I had a gentleman named Kenny and he used to drive me to practice. He, oh. tr- he trained an older b- women's team and I, I certainly wasn't qualified to be there, but it was the one sport that I kind of messed around with, but oh, not, okay. you know, not crazy. And then when I moved to Florida, that's when I sort of, that's when it all got organized. So were you just like naturally just super gifted at it? Like, no. Like, so you had to, tr- I mean, I would imagine that's what I'm coachable, right? I was going to say, so you obviously had some like natural talent inside of you that you were able to be coach though, or do you think it was just hard work, discipline? Like what was it? What was it? I think, you know, the hard work came later. Okay. As far as like when I went to college, then I was like, oh, this is sort of my job now because I went on scholarship. Right. And then it was like that work ethic. I, I've always been like weirdly self-disciplined. Like as a kid, I was very organized and like self-disciplined and on time and punctual and all these kind right. of weird things that actually my youngest kid has the same traits and <laughs> so annoying. Yeah. But um, he gets it from someone I know. Yeah. Right. She's... Yeah, she's out of control and we're a few days apart in birthday. But I think for me, it was being able to translate information into motion. Mm. I, for whatever reason, had an okay knack and I cared enough to do it. See, that's the other thing. Not like, oh, when it gets hard and you just go forget it. Right. There was something internally in me. It's not something like, oh, you're so great. It was just something in my personality that it was like, okay, you're going to coach me. I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to try to translate information into movement and, and until I can get it be right. better or get it right. right. There's never getting it right, but, you know, moving closer to right. Absolutely. That's interesting. So you feel like you keep on saying you were coachable. So you basically were 
disciplined enough to keep on trying. So you were just, it sounds like to me, you'd have really good work ethic. Very good. Yeah. Very good. That's obviously followed. And a followed clear, I life. have a very clear, I can do a lot of things at one time, not multitasking. Not I don't multitasking. No, because it doesn't exist actually only 2.5%. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree. It's, it's, I can, I can pick off what's most important when prioritize. Yeah. Of. And it's automatic. Like I can, I can, if I start to get like ramped up in anything, I go, okay, what needs to get done? Right. Even if we we're getting into a conversation, right. let's say, and we were trying to get to an end destination, mm -hmm. whether it's work or even personal. And we've had this sort of history that's botched and weird and we had miscommunication or weird, you know, emails or whatever. It's like, okay, now that we're here, fine. What is, what's the solution? Right. And so I think I've always tried to stay focused because I actually lived, my mother was somebody who always rehashed everything over and over. And it's like, yeah, but that's done. Right, right, right. So I think you're I went like so the other way. Like, Obviously, you're not Jewish. because My, my friends always joke about that. <laughs> okay, like, yeah. No, I know. Jewish. Well, that's a DNA download, oh, too. Oh, 100%. Because not only you get the training from your family, Absolutely. but it's in your DNA. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. us, all we do is rehash. Yeah, and no, I don't rehash. Over and over. I want to okay. rip my hair out when I hear rehashing. Oh, God. I do, because I'm just like... Mm -hmm. It's done. Like it's over. Okay, let's move That's on. Great. That's let's great move quality. towards where we're trying to go. Oh, I know. And even though us, you know, I'm not talking for every single <laughs> us people. person, us people, but like, even though we know better sometimes, we just can't help ourselves. Like, like you said, it's, it's part in the DNA. of our DNA. But exactly. also think about the location of the country and yeah. all of the people around it. You, you probably had to stay very clear about everything that has happened and was going to happen and what was happening. There was probably like a lot of analysis and like all of that. True. But I think, yeah. And by nature, we're very neurotic and we overanalyze but it, by nature. And I can say that because I am Jewish. Yeah. But it works yeah. also. Think Listen, about all the great things that it creates. I a hundred percent agree. But like with like anything, your best quality is also sometimes your worst of quality. Of course. That's with everything in life. Right. Yeah. So, well, that makes sense. So then basically your work at, because because that's like, you became so good, obviously. I mean, you were not just a slouch playing. I mean, you were doing in the top of the top yeah. and you just kind of went from really not doing much to doing an exorbitant amount. Yeah. And you just basically had the discipline and the work ethic to get really good. Yeah. And I, and also I had very pivotal people. So in mm. high school, I had a basketball coach that really grounded me at a very important time. And, um, what was his name? I said, uh, Dean souls. Oh, okay. There's another guy He's, you're talking about. It, I think I saw. He, he, yeah. There's been, but there's, so there's, that's, bunch, I yeah. think that's a really important thing in life is like, even for other people, like you might be a neighbor to a kid whose parents are wonky or whatever. It's like, you don't know what you can offer somebody just by providing, um, Hey, you come ha have a snack or, you know, give them, a talking to like my coach used to say, just work it out with your mother. Cause you know, I was ready to hit right. the roof, you know? And so he's like, just work it out. And then he'd take me like to eat barbecue after practice and be like, daggum it, Gabby, just, you know, make it work with your mother or whatever. And then I had a boyfriend actually in my last two years of, of high school, um, named Jeff Sandhoff, who came from a very good family. And when I say good, I mean, good yeah. heart, quality, very yeah. quality, you know, very religious, completely different than the way I was raised. But I saw, I was like, oh, there's people out there that are trying to tell the truth, that are trying to raise their kids. 
and they weren't, they didn't drink alcohol. Like they had some standards of living that I thought that there seems, that seems to work. Some of these ideas seem to work. Me, if your skirt is shorter or longer, and maybe if, you know, you're making good decisions and you have premarital sex, I don't have an issue with that. <laughs> but, you know, some of these, you know, fundamental yeah, yeah. things I thought were so important. And so I had them impact my life. And then my college coach, Cecil Renaud, who taught me about personal accountability and also, she would say things to me that I didn't get till much later. Things like, do you, you, you know, she'd say like, okay, well, for example, I have to make a decision about the team, what's best for the team. Off and on, probably eight people play with rotation. So four out of the, you know, are unhappy because there's 12. And so summer's in the med. Yeah. And she goes, listen, I make choices. I make the, I make the best decisions I can. And then I, she goes, I know at least one person's happy. And she's like me. Yeah. And, you know, as a young woman, you're just trying to please everybody. Right. And I really went through that because especially because I was getting attention, right. I was mortified to be talked about or treated in any way that I was special. Cause I, and on top right. of it, I was part of a team. That is a nightmare. How did that, yeah. How did that work? How was the dynamic working then with the rest of the teammates when you were some good, some not so good. Right. That's, that must be a difficult thing to deal with though. It was, but I always have said this about me in particular, my, my mechanism for survival is so powerful that even at the cost of that discomfort, I understood I was having in a moment and I had an opportunity mm -hmm. and I wasn't not going to take the opportunity. And I wasn't not in certain ways going to maximize the opportunity because I knew I had to take care of myself. Right. So that would trumped all. You're resourceful. You have like, to be. Oh, you're pissy and you're saying bitchy comments to me. And, and it did make me feel bad, but I was very clear, like, you have to take care of yourself. Right. And it wasn't meaning I had to step on people's head to do that. It just meant if I had to be in situations where people didn't understand or I was uncomfortable, that was okay. Right. Also, because I think a lot of times girls can be catty and jealous, yeah. right? Which is a, an awful trait, right? And when one person's getting all the attention, yeah, there's that's that's like kind of human nature. That's well, and it's unfair, right? It, it was unfair. I was given an unfair amount of attention. But why do you think that is? Why do you think that you were getting that um, that 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 difference of attention? Um, I was just taking a different path. So here I was, a regular college student competing. I was getting better and better in volleyball. I had a very good career at Florida State. But then I was also like in the days that magazines mattered, mm -hmm. I would be at school and there were chances that you could go to the stand and I was probably in those uh -huh. magazines. And so I think people just go, oh, that's a weird different path because they're such, they're, they're supposedly opposing environments. Mm -hmm. And then also the fact that I was doing them at the same time or what was perceived as at the same time. Right. Um, I think it was just different. Uh, and also listen, for whatever reason, there's a lot of things, a lot of talents I do not possess. One of them that I do possess is I have always had the ability to communicate. Right. Uh, uh, and even at That's 18. That's an important one though. Yeah. And my, it's funny, my auntie Joanne, my dad's sister said to me, it always felt like it was still you. Right. And so I think even then at 18 and 19, I, it, I, I guess I didn't know better. Right. Well, also, I mean, people were like now what happens a lot of times people get at, well, maybe even then, did you have a PR team or at that point who was like pitching you? Because now that's what happens all the time. Right. Yeah, like you, no. it's a whole different world. Right. And how it is now. We'll get to that later. Yeah. But like they obviously went for you. Right. And yeah. so you were kind of just like happenstance. Like it's just happening because yeah. you were the standout. 
Well, and also and, women's sports, right? Like if they were like, oh, let's say ESPN or something's like, well, we're kind of male heavy, which is how it is. What is there any? They need to have. Is to. there any story in women's sports? So quite frankly, you know, I right. was I was part part of that cycle, and then you know, as a professional, it's like okay, I'm with Nike and there's all of that. And so it's just the perception. Right. We had your own shoe also. Yeah. You were mm -hmm. the first woman to have your own shoe. Timing. That's again, but you keep on saying timing, but it you know, is. it's, it's when opportunity yes. and luck, you know, or is it opportunity? You have the opportunity and luck. Is that the same? And, and hard work. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the truth. It's not just timing. You had, it was a lot of different variables. It, it was, but it was also, I could have, if it was five years earlier, it would have right. been too early. It would have been done already if it was in another three years right. or two years. So, you know, we can never undervalue sort of good timing and good fortune because I think it's important to only focus on the things that you can be in control of. Right. You know, everything else is not in my control. So for me to be like, well, right. it's like, well, that's silly. What, what I could control was I could show up on time. I could work hard. I could try to do better. And you can't really worry about the rest because you're just really not in charge of it. And so I always, and because I grew up on an Island, um, I, I don't think I ever really lost my mind. Right. Could you also have, like, I think it also gave you perspective probably. And yeah, I was just happy yeah. really to be doing okay. Right. I quite frankly, I was ha so grateful to be able to take care of myself and make my life reflect who I always felt I was inside. Cause for so long I was obliged to live other people's lives right. as a kid right. that I never felt in harmony with. And so just the simple thing of like my inside life and my outside life are matching. Um, that was pretty good for me. Like what were the hat, like what was the, the routine and rituals when you were like a professional athlete? Like, oh. how, and how are they different with you now? Like, like I just you, don't play beach you, volleyball as much. Well, yeah. Well, I'm, would you say? I just don't play beach no, volleyball. No, no, of course not. But you still like, you have like, we're going to, you have like XPT yeah. training. We'll talk about that. Mm -hmm. And you're obviously like live a very healthy life. You're mm -hmm. super active still. But back then, what was the routine? What was the, to be at that level of an athlete? Was there such structure in what you ate and how you exercise and what you worked out with? Or? Yeah. My training was very structured right. always. I had a, uh, great trainers. Uh, TR Goodman was a gentleman at a golds. It was my first real trainer. And then I would have coaches and your, you know, your set times in volleyball. My food came later. My food probably got organized, really organized later, like 27 or eight, like really, oh, really? understanding about how food impacts you on a cellular level, mm -hmm. not calories. And, you know, it was, I had a much more simplistic view of it. And that's um, and timing I, too, right? Cause I think time, so. It was, well, it was like, it was the 90s and that was okay. Like when carbs were still okay. And well, back there was like snack wells. Remember those? Like it was all oh, yeah. about eating carbs and no protein or yeah. fat. Like I still eat bagels and like, yeah, you still do it. No, no, not so much. I mean, I won't shy away from it. Like if I went to New York and it was like, they had salted sweet butter or whatever, of course I'm going to have a bagel. I don't care. But well, how do you eat now? Like what's your, what kind of, eating? I mean, plants and animals. Do you, okay, so you do, do you I, do any of the like intermittent fasting? Yes, do you do all and the... it's I want I have a friend I want to punch in the face, Which... Elijah Allen Blitz. <laughs> 
he does uh he's a, he goes into autophagy so oh he only eats once God. a day right so he brought that to my house and layered all you have to do Laird, Laird doesn't okay, talk about what that is because i don't think most people know his window eating is four hours so he can have caffeine or stevia or water but it's because it doesn't start the digestive process but he doesn't he's between four and eight and it's quite good i mean here's what i know here's what i know okay caloric restriction is excellent nobody disputes that fasting is better in that you don't eat your muscle tissue, you don't slow down your metabolism. And so there's something to that, right? Right. right so right. like, for example, okay. I had a coffee yesterday morning and then Laird and I didn't eat lunch or dinner. And I went to bed and I was like, I am so hungry. And you know, my husband is a freak, you know? And I was like, do you want to go and eat? Cause we went to kids back to school night yeah, and not really want to eat. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, and he's like, why do you want to eat? And I'm, and then I'm like, oh, I don't want to be a bad influence on him. And, but then I'm like, screw it. Yeah, I do want to eat. You know? And so did you eat? No, I didn't. So wait, so you had coffee and then that's it? Yeah. All day. Yeah. And I was not happy. Oh my God. So it's not that I wasn't happy. It's fine. And you know, what's funny is I actually feel better today. I, I mean, say, I, have any, starving? I had a coffee this morning and, but I feel better today. Like you start to kick into getting more energy and it's also the psychology, yeah, right? The habit. That's and you know what right. Laird talked to me about too? He's like, think about how much energy and time goes into what am I going to eat and thinking about it and I go, yeah. And add who's True. cooking dinner right? Like what are we eating as a family for dinner? Do you cook? Yeah. So you're like the big, the big cook in the family. Yeah. I'm the one. Good for you. Okay. Yeah. Are you good? So are you great. a good cook? Yes. Okay. We'll get to that. You have to be. I have a husband that he must it's eat like, like a, a 10, 20,000 calories. Oh, he's per insane. Meal. And he's so simple in a beautiful way of like, you know, if you made me dinner and we could sneak away on a regular basis, and you treat me with respect and like, let me do be who I am. Laird's like the easiest husband in the world. So like for him, yeah. dinner is like a real, it's a language. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I'm happy to do it and I want to be creative at doing it and everything. But then I realized yesterday I got so much done because I wasn't sure. thinking about food. Right. You weren't thinking about food. You weren't, you weren't cooking. Or I was an animal. <laughs> I can't imagine. Dude, but you were happy. You were okay. Your energy was fine. You yeah. But I was realizing how much of it was my trip, my own emotional trip. But what if you went, put your food like, what I do is I put a lot of things on autopilot. I've had the same breakfast for like 20 years. That's a no, no. You know, that diversity I, is the I know. key to I, it all. A hundred percent. It is diversity yeah. for sure. Yeah. But be like doing the same training for 20 years. A hundred percent. But you know, I'm a creature of habit and, and mm -hmm. also I don't want to think about it. I want to be able to eat something so mm -hmm. I can like move on with my, no. And I get that fuel as food. However, if you're really, what season is it? I know. What color have I not eaten? This takes I thought. I know, I but know. it's like, That's if you're you saying, do, I'm at the place now in my physical practice I mean, listen, I'm almost 50 years old in a couple months. It's like, if you look you... amazing though, I don't thank know you. whatever you're doing, oh, I, thank you. I want to do that too. Thank you. So, okay. Well, but like, okay. Honestly... So while well, I go to bed, I have never really drank in my adult life that much, you know, like maybe it's a little glass of wine. I think it's how you process stress, whatever genetics, it goes on and on. But my point is, is that you start to, when you have this long of a, of a physical practice, it better be about something under, yeah. because if it's about like, how do I look and my body fat kill me? Right. It's gotta be about like, I'm doing this so I can know myself on a deeper level. I'm doing this so I can perform as a human being, hopefully better, mm -hmm. whether it's in my relationships, how I talk to people, how I respond to my kids, even though that's the one I blow probably the most, um, how I am in a partnership, how I, you know, am at work. Um, my sort of, 
sense of the world. So my physical practice has so little to do with the physical and the same with the food. It's like, I joke that, can I swear? Yeah. I want to do a t-shirt that says don't fuck with my mitochondria because it's like <laughs> on some level, great. I just need to understand because I always joke about like healthy food and healthy chips mm -hmm. and then they put canola oil and I'm like, know. Oh, you're fucking with my mitochondria. Like, don't do that. You know, and I'm oversimplifying it, but even with food, it's like, there's food just to enjoy, right? Like you go with your friends, it's some great best, whatever. What's your favorite food? Like, what do you, like, what's your favorite? Like a cheating food? Yeah. I mean, listen for me, like, who doesn't love like a real handmade pizza or, you know, oh, with like, that. if you give me like risotto with truffles on it, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Like, like what exactly. else is there? You know, like, but I'm not, I don't need it all. It's not my, I don't need it. And so I guess I want to connect with things like, well, is this going to help me overall right. just be better? And I don't mean fit into my jeans that's going to take care of itself. Yeah, I know no, no. that. It's true. Like that's I the know. After, that's the after effect. Yeah. I know that so clearly that I don't have to worry about it anymore. I'm sure. Right. So the fasting also, to be honest, like just when it gets like really bad and you're like, yeah, I know I've got some peanut butter or something down in that cabinet that would take care of this lickety split. Right, right, right. Then I have to sometimes go to my lower self and be like, less inflammation. You'll, you'll look better. You'll be more slender. Your joints won't hurt. It, even if I have to start using all that bullshit yeah, all that to get it done, talk. then I will. Yeah. Whatever it, it takes. Work. Oh yeah. But so, I have, a, I'm, you know, I've been doing this a while. So how long, okay. So you do intermittent fasting every single day? No, no. Break? Cause I'm going to kill Elijah Allen Blitz. Yeah. That's a, but that's great. <laughs> that stuff is like crazy. He does the four he, hour, And he's transformed by the way. His probably his composition is totally. He transformed. Yeah. And he, you know, whatever. So I just believe in experimenting too. Cause you've got to know things for yourself. Absolutely. You can't just be like, I read it in a book. Right. It's like, well, how does that work? How do I feel? Did I wake up better? Clear? I did. Is it my joints, are my joints feeling a little better? They are. Right. Um, you know, it's even things like just the notion of inflammation. How do I manage that? Because stress alone will hammer you with inflammation right. and then add food and then, okay, bad night's sleep. So it's like all these things just to support and keep it simple, right? Like, why am I doing this? If I could just come up with that answer, good enough. But do you feel it's hard also? Cause like I feel for myself, I try to do all these, like the intermittent, for example, but then I have kids, right? I've got two, yeah. like a four-year-old and a six-year-old and I have to feed them and there's yeah. food around. There's like, oh, yeah. that's a whole other la like layer. That but maybe it's it not the time in your life to do that. I was not doing this when my kids were six or four. I was going to say, they, how old are your kids now? My youngest is 11. Okay. Then my middle's 15 and right. almost 16. And then I have a grown daughter who's 24. Right. Who's an older, yeah. yeah older she's out of the house. So, right. For me, listen, they're big enough. I can make them food or on the days it's really bad or get them food and just put it there. I don't have to sit there and feed them or be, you know, like I hang around them, but I can distance myself. Right. I mean, the other day I made toast. I almost want to stab somebody. Oh, I love toast. I know. Oh, it's like so simple, There's nothing that delicious. tastes better. And my one kid was like, can I have sourdough toast? And I was like, are you serious right now? Yeah, no, it's so true. It's <laughs> like, like I could so have whipped up delicious. anything and you toast. The smell of toast. <laughs> and then I put butter on it and I was like, I'm going to, yeah. It's a hundred percent. I totally, I, that totally You know, it's resonates. just like, it's just right there. Right. Put it on the plate. Mm -hmm. And you didn't eat it? No. Okay. I try not to eat toast in my everyday and life. I know, but that's what I'm saying. I, I guess. But you should eat a little gluten now and again. But you think so? Absolutely. But this is what I was going to say about your constitution. Your constitution is yeah. obviously your discipline. Don't is... be precious though. No, no, but... I'm not precious about food. You got to eat stuff. 
So if you have to eat other stuff, you can survive it. More from our guest, but first a few words from our sponsor. So if you're like me and suffer from really bad allergies, do I have the solution for you? The Molecule Air Purification System is a definite must. They are personally effective and verified by science, but most importantly, it's been tested by real people. It has given allergy and asthma sufferers around the country a whole new experience. They've been tested, vetted, and proven to work. They have a breakthrough technology called Pico across a range of products, providing a solution for the entire home when it comes to air purification. So whether you need the molecule air for large rooms or the molecule air for smaller rooms, you can now choose a unit that's best for your space. And best part? They look super sleek and cute in any room. So for 10% off your first air purifier, visit Molecule.com and enter Hustle at checkout. Go to Molecule.com and enter Hustle at checkout for 10% off your first purifier. Okay, but so you obviously have more discipline than a lot of people to yes. have the ability to say no, to turn away, to do like, so you do your, inter like what time, what's your window? normally or something uh well either i'm eating or like i'm doing this stupid thing with laird and it's really good for a couple let me just tell you yeah no it's not no, i know right wait so laird's doing this thing with your like your friend the four he, hour one or? no laird is just like don't eat he's like i think we'll go two days and i'm like oh my goodness oh so he's he's gonna because laird is hardcore and nothing else yeah and then today he did this training that um he paddled with a cord around his waist on, in my pool on a surfboard for 30 minutes. I don't know if you realize how hard that is. And I heard him say, I might be ready to eat. I was like, yeah. Are you kidding me? No, He's I'm like not a kidding. beast beyond. He is. Well, his mind is very strong. People connect so much to people's physicality. It's not, it's the mental. And it, they manifest, his, everything is manifested through his mind. And um, I think it's really important for people to realize that, that we all, we all have choices. Yeah. And even if we've done a lifetime, like we weren't taught and no one showed us. And let's say you're, you're my age. We still have an opportunity to, to change our mind, to expand our mind, to develop new habits and no, it's not easy. And by the way, it's not easy for me. Right. So that's the, I'm glad that you said that because the truth of the matter is it's not easy period. You have to train your brain sometimes to like get to that place. Yes. And you also have to decide why yeah, and true. keep your why really clear. And, and, you know, for me, this is what I've said a lot. And I had an interesting conversation with somebody, a younger woman who's very, very smart. And she said she was raised, she's about 30, to think that taking care of your body in that way was vain and uncool. And I go, I totally get that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm the gym. Absolutely. Versus just take care of the gift of health. Yeah. And if you ask me, what am I doing? Really? At the core of it? Yes, I want to be able to do stuff is I'm taking, I'm very clear that my health is a gift. Right. So and you're, you're reframing it in your head. It's okay. always been that because mm -hmm. also as an athlete, right, you've been hurt. I've been hurt many times. I've not been able to like barely sit down on the toilet by myself. Cause my knee was so screwed up. It's like, you start going like, yo, this, like your health is a pretty big deal. Absolutely. And, um, when you get hurt enough, you, you, you recognize how much we take all these little things for granted. It doesn't mean you walk around going like, I picked up the glass on my own. I get we can't live like that, but if it can be sort of in your value system, yeah. driving you that, hey, this is a real gift to us. Right. Let's take care of it. Well, also though, I think 
you, you keep, you know, with Laird being your husband who has, it's easier. right. Who has such a, such a strong mindset. It's easier. It helps, right? Like it's a built-in mechanism in my house. And also I draft off Laird. Like a cow. Give me an example. Oh man. When he's going, I'm just like, I don't want to do that. I just pull in right behind him and I go, fine, let's right. do it. And he, a lot of times is the motor that pushes. And wow. I do other things that support us, but the, for sure, he's the, he's the one. Right. I mean, that's, a, that's a major thing, right? It's because the people you surround major. yourself is who you become, right? It's everything. So it's, it is everything I think too. So that's why he's so strong in that way. Yes. It's impossible for you not to kind of become that as well. And your kids, yes. I'm sure like, how are your kids? But I was also that way before I met Laird. I know that's, but that's, and what so I think say. it's like, you have to bring it too, but he's just helped me continue to bring it because i'd be tired by now well the con it's like back and forth it's like ping pong right yeah like him you both together yeah i think he's pings it more than i pong oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like here you go you ready gabby i'm like oh thank you yes are we ready gabby yeah i'm ready okay good. i can't even because i'm female so i'm more emotional and like right. yeah okay give me some chocolate whatever uh, it's just a different he's like well, what do you need that it's like does i he, might <laughs> does he ever like have yes. uh he does barely but yes because he is so strong. Like, so what would be, I'm curious, like, so in the morning, does he not eat until, like, what is his whole thing? Coffee with his, you know, he has a whole a business whole, uh, yeah. around his real genuine, it's his coffee the habit coffee. was first, not the business. The business is a born out of Laird's 25 year relationship with coffee. And then 16 years ago, Paul check gave Laird ghee in his coffee. Cause so Laird was like interested in caffeine for energy, but then it was like, Oh, fat for persistence sustained performance. Yeah. And then a friend of ours watched Laird make these creations for like three years. And he said, would you mind if I try to make this in a powder because he'd do it for all his friends. And they're like, well, how much of this did you put in? How much of that? So he does that till one o'clock until one o'clock. Correct. Everything. So see, is his day super like scheduled? Out no, too? no, no. Cause it's a, it's a sur He's a surfer. And what that means is he was raised with the idea when I wake up and this is before the internet, yeah. right? I will let mother nature dictate to me what I'm allowed to do today. So you actually have this person who is very disciplined and structured, but wants to feel that he has the freedom to do whatever at any moment. Wow. And so it's an interesting mix of somebody who wants to be changing it up all the time and doing different things and going on adventures and isn't always able to. So he grinds it out also for the longevity of his performance. Right. The reason he performs at such a high level still as an athlete is because of the radical output in his training. I mean, that's all. I mean, I saw a documentary with him in uh -huh. it where he's like, basically like lifting like crazy weights like under the water. He's doing like squat jumps with like, yeah, we all should be doing that though. I, I know. Cause it's kind on your joints. Okay. Well that's true because of water. It is. So then well, why don't it's a good time to talk about this whole XBT training. Mm -hmm. I'm going to your house, I think in two weeks okay. to, to try. It'll be fun. Did you even know that I was invited? I did hear that. Okay. Well, I'm they don't keep you. me in the dark of things. Okay. Well, good. I'm, I'm excited because first of all, the, the, the whole thing, like the sauna, the breathing. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. so did you guys create this together, this program or? Yeah. I, again, I would say Laird's the more artistic okay. of us. And so what it is, is this is just born out of our lifestyle and we did it for probably 10 years. And then we have a, I have a very dear friend who is basically like my family that I used to play volleyball with. And then she was working with us on our business, Jennifer. And, um, I like that name. Jennifer. Yeah. It's a good name. I'm lucky to have Jennifer. Yeah. And, um, she's like, you guys have to share this with other people. I'm like, I don't want to share this with other people. I don't want people to pay money and come see us. And then 
like you feel like, can I give you value? Right. You never feel like you're going to give people value. Yeah. Where if you just give it to them, it's like, okay. Well, I think then automatically people feel it's valuable, right? Because, yeah. Yeah. But and so they, they, we did. And, and, um, the pool training started out of Laird wanting to be better in surfing and better in the water, but not wanting to swim, right. not liking doing laps. And also we're aging athletes. So how do we continue to train at a very high level, ballistic motions, all these things without pounding your body? I already have a fake knee. He has a fake hip. It's like, how do you do this? So it became a lab. And like, there's like eight of us and Laird's like, let's try this. And then like my one daughter, who's now 15, when she was five or six, she's like swimming from the bottom with a dumbbell, like a small dumbbell. Cause we were doing stuff. Yeah. And then she grabs and Laird's like, Oh, so you mean if we took breaths in between, we could prolong, sustain the, yeah. the, the set. And so it, it was like a real, it was really him, but we had all these friends a lot of them still come and train at the house that, um, we just tried stuff. That sounds so cool. So basically you're doing weights in the, like basically training like him, you're doing weights in the water. Yes. And it's a combination. So for example, yeah. we'll have things that are ballistic, like, okay, multiple jumps, but then it's like, okay, after the jumps, you're going to take the dumbbell and swim there and back under the water. Now, the only way to do it and not need a breath is to be calm because if you're stressed out or you're like, I need air and I'm freaking out, you burn more air. So it's task completion. So mm -hmm. there is a different element. So when we're talking about using training for so, some levels of even attempting to look at self mastery, even though none of us do it, um, especially if you live in the real world, it's like, oh, so here I have to be aggressive and ballistic. And just like that, I've got to switch. Even your eye, like I'll give you the whole speech when we're together in two weeks. Even your eyes get super narrow because to look around and process information or to do this burns oxygen. You can't afford it. So you get super efficient and you go, I notice I'm uncomfortable. I notice I feel out of air, but I'm okay. And so when you get into these places, they teach you how then you can bring that onto land. That's amazing. And then, but isn't there like a big piece before the breath work or that's kind of hard? Well, or? breath, depending, like if we oh. do the experiences, a hundred percent breathing. So the, the it's breathe, move and recover. Okay. Breathing is the essence of life. Right. Period. None of us are doing it right, including me. And so it's like, oh, let's look at it. Wim Hof was a great I, catalyst. I love him. Yes. He was an, he was an incredible catalyst. Yeah. And then Laird was being Laird was like, cool. What's the science, right? So then he hooked up with a gentleman named, uh, Patrick McCune, who wrote a book called the oxygen advantage that really drills down on what happens. So it's very simple for okay. people at home for whatever reason. In about the last 200 years, we started mouth breathing now short of like doing sprints at a track or some very quick, short burst, right? We should be nose breathing period. Right. What happens when we nose breathe, even though the entryway is about a third less air than our mouth, our CO2 rises in our system. That's when you're underwater swimming or you're holding your breath, what you meet first is your intolerance to oh. CO2, mm -hmm. not a lack of oxygen. Like you think I'm out of air. You're not, you're intolerant to CO2. So the thing, the interesting thing is, so if we're breathing and our CO2 is rising, the only way for the oxygen to go from your bloodstream into your cells and tissue is with the presence of CO2. So if you're mouth breathing and scrubbing, you're actually over breathing under oxygenated. You'll find that when people nose breathe, their count maybe goes to half, That's an, yeah. maybe six breaths a minute. And you teach this? 
an XP. And, Absolutely. And, yeah. You teach people how to upregulate, go into your sympathetic. Let's go get them raw. I got a meeting. I got a game. Yeah. Downregulate. I want to go to bed. I'm stressed out. And I realize I've probably been holding my breath. Right. Because most of us breathe into here yeah. versus breathe into here. Women, type A people, super fit people, they don't even know how to push their lower stomach out. They're just holding. So it's even teaching them how to get the diaphragm really engaged right. and pull that breath way down deep. So it becomes a three parts breath, sort of stomach, ribs opening and expanding, making room for the lungs right. and then opening here. And for cyclists, for people who do a lot of bike riding or spinning, mm -hmm. I would encourage them even more because that hunched over position compresses the ribs and you don't make room for the lungs. So right. what you do is instead of circular breathing, open, mm -hmm. you end up doing vertical breathing. You lift to try to make room because right. you're tight. And what happens then is then the diaphragm and everything doesn't get to work correctly. That has to do with your digestion. That has to do with fight or flight. There's all kinds of things involved in this. So hence breathe, pretty important, right? Move. We're built to move. Doesn't right. mean kill yourself. Just means move, have a moving practice right? and then recover. And what that means is just not, oh, I took a day off, participate in your recovery. So do breathing, do stretching. If you can get in a cold plunge or get into heat so that you participate in boosting your recovery, like not just recovery. Correct. Yeah. Well, that one that you sort of go, I'm going to contribute. I'm going to put it on boost, if you will. Not just like, yeah, I took the day off. Right, right, right. And sometimes that's okay. That's great too. So that's how you train too, and like in like in normal life, everyday life, and in the more like today, for example, did you do anything today, yeah, activity wise? I did a about a forty eight minute sort of pretty rigorous uh, land hit uh, hit training. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So is that so? How do you train? I do that day three day? days a week on land. You do hit training. Mm -hmm. So and you do it where at your house or do you? Go to your I do it at my friend's house, and and when I was on Kauai, I used to actually teach a class for eighty to hundred people for like a dollar. And they're all on teams of six and we're rolling. Do you want to hear something really like a little fun fact? Yeah. Years ago, I think you uh, did a program with 20, 24 hour fitness. 24 hour fitness, They yeah. hit training. So I was going to do a program that was, I, I do have one that's very similar. Yeah. And they got yours instead of mine. Really? I'm yeah. sorry. It's okay. I, I taught you. mine 1200 times. That's why. No, I think so. I, listen, I, I was, I, I was not offended. I actually okay. kind of understood. It was, yeah. they're like, oh, sorry, we're going to go with Gabby's program instead. Oh, really? Like, okay. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. It's okay. I forgive you. Okay. At least I lost out to someone really good like you. Thank you. I and actually. I, and I was doing it only as community service. I want you to know that oh, I was wow. not making money. Okay. No, no. I think it's, it was, I, I use it as a classroom. By the way, the program is really good. I love, I, I'm it's a big fun. hit person. Yeah. And so I, I love the program, but I yeah. remember that uh, like from, was like five, four years ago. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, four yeah. years ago. Yeah. I remember that. So then you still do that. You still do live hit. Training. I do that. Yep. And then I do the pool th three days a week as well. And then I'll throw in like, okay, an extra cardio. We do a lot of stand up biking or elliptic going because we have a hill. You mean, oh, elliptic go. I love yeah, those but things. But they also make a stand up bike. They do? Yeah. It's pretty badass and new. Wow. Wait, so. And it's more, I, I'm going to say it and people can say whatever they want. It's more masculine. So for guys that don't want to be like going like this oh, out there, they're like, I'm on my bike. I'm just but, standing up. So how does it work? What does it look like as a stand it's up cool. bike? It's super cool. It. It's just, they put the positioning just enough so that the, yeah. it makes sense. It doesn't look so like silly. Sometimes. Well, the other one's yeah. sliding, right? Yeah, this I is know. a, this is literally a stand up bike. I have one too. I lent it to my friend. But you have to go on a hill. If you ask me for resistance for sure, well, it's just the best way. Yeah, then you I train agree. and that posture is great. And the glutes fire. Right. So when you step off, you don't feel all 
cramped up and jammed up and your hip flexors aren't tight. And, no, absolutely. So yeah. you do that how often? You know, like if I can get it in once or twice a week, if I can, sometimes it's like once every two weeks. Are you, so do you, do, are you, did you say you're a yoga person or not? A yoga I'm not person? a yoga person. No, no, neither am I. I try every, I Shavasana try. kicks my ass. I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I like the breathing. Cause it's sort of like a dynamic, uh, meditation. Do you run? No running. People no should running. not run unless they're barefoot. 80 pounds or barefoot and on the sand, That's soft right. surface, people that are pound themselves around the city. And I understand they don't have something else to do, right. especially if you live in a place like California, where a lot of people live near something natural, like a beach, you won't be a superhero. So you won't go as far and as fast, right, right. <laughs> but you will be kind to your body. Yeah. Running after the age of, I don't know, 33, oh, unless you are built to run. There are people you see them and you go, you know what? There's one, there's one. There is body types. You that see are much them better for it. And for they sure. do it. Their bones are light. That's the thing. It's their bones are light. Their mechanics are correct. And they're not pounding their joints. And there's very few people like that. Very few people. And when you I, see I one, agree. you're like, oh, there goes one. Yeah. There's, there's that one person. Yeah. It's true. I, I am a big runner, but I only run on a woodway because it mimics, yep. it mimics. Even that's good because your butt, your foot releases behind you. Absolutely. Because most people are not releasing the foot and firing the glute. They're simply shuffling. That's true. That's exactly. And they're shortening. There's a way there's like, there's actually like a, a, oh. a, a way and a, like a strategic way to properly run. Like you were saying, those things like, are hard by the way. They, they're amazing. They're yeah. Like they're awesome. In the world. Yeah. I and have one at my house. You do too. I just look at it. It's cute. It's in my gym. Well, you know, there's really, people who use it. It's just not me. Well, well, listen, I'm telling, I, it's funny because today we were going to do our interview uh -huh. on two woodway. We weren't going to like run or anything. God knows it's so hot in here, but like I thought since it's all, I'm a bit, all about activity and fitness, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. um, and health and activity. I thought it'd be cool if we were to like walk, you know, like at one mile an hour, yeah. just to kind of like not always be so sedentary. Yeah. Like instead of doing an hour of just sitting here staring at each yeah. other, might as well like move, move. You yeah. know what I mean? Like kill two Absolutely. birds with one stone. But yeah. I didn't get them on time, so okay. you know, unfortunately, we're doing it like this. We would have really up. been. Oh, I told you. Aren't you dying? Isn't it so hot in here? It's not too bad. It's just, it is. It's a little, it's warm. It's a little, it's, it's good. A, it's a little warm. It's okay. A smidgen warm. Okay. So wait, I've got a couple other things I wanted to ask you about. Um, Anything? Well, actually you kind of like covered a lot of the stuff. Um, like for I, you, for your audience, what is important? I think habits you, and like basically like what okay. you do, what you have done, what you still do to basically up your game or to be okay. successful and to be who you are. I mean, you and Laird together. Well, I'd keep... love to have Laird on as well, because like you said, he's a total beast. That's like a, that's a whole other specimen. I mean, that's a, but he's like, he's it's like, the, it's a very real thing. That's like to me, I mean, he's so, but he's so authentic. With oh, it. it's so, that's the, but that's like... to me, like most people aren't built like that. No, this, this is a, this is a interesting combination. I, I mean, I met Laird when I was 25. I think that's why I was like, I think I'm going to marry, I have to marry that guy. I think there's all, I, I don't know if I'm going to meet another one like that, but he's so also, unique. he is. And he's also very, very, um, like it's this great mix of like hyper masculinity and then which enables him then to be more loving, more sensitive. He's because he spends time in mother nature. He has a clarity. Mm. He's so clear. Like it's so clear to him. And I'm like, Oh, lucky you. Cause he's connected to mother nature. So it, I use him a lot as a North star, but what, what I would say to people is this, and it's not a new formula. 
it's sometimes we have to back away. And I always say like, it's, I try once a day. Sometimes I, I blow it and I don't, it's just to back up and sort of survey my life and how I'm participating in my life and, um, how the dynamics are with my relationships in my work life with myself and sort of go, okay, do I need to tweak anything? Um, should I, I ask you about that actually yes. your relationship more? Oh, okay. Yeah. And so, and, and just to kind of, I guess what it is, is how do we stay honest and clear with ourselves on a daily, as a practice, it doesn't have to be a big thing. Like I meditated on it for 18 minutes. No, I just take a look and go, how's it going? You know what? You're not spending enough time with your youngest daughter and like, or, or you've been snappy with her and th this one over here, you know, whatever. It's just kind of staying really clear. And then I think for me, if you want to talk about habits is being willing to keep doing things. And I'm worse at this than Laird that I'm not comfortable with, that I'm not good at and to keep learning and growing. Because I think for me, if you say, Hey, how can you keep doing this or whatever? It's because it has to reflect who you are and who you're becoming and who you hope to be, not who you were. Mm -hmm. And I think that that has been the most liberating thing for me because I've had pretty strong identities in my past and it would be very easy to feel like I want to keep Hold doing that, yeah. but it's impossible. And so why not keep sort of saying, well, who am I today? And who do I hope to grow into and, and keep that going? Cause then people will say things like, I mean, you've really reinvented yourself. I haven't really reinvented myself. Mm -hmm. I've just been living. Yeah. Evolving as you live. That's it. But like how, how, how is that? Like there's a, again, like you have like some kind of like constitution that you seem very clear and very like real and focused. And mm -hmm. I guess for other people who don't have that ability, yeah. what can, how did they get to that place? Like what, what would, what can oh, be some, some I mean, suggestions? I think, you know, listen, I always say, I try to share stories. I try not to give too much advice, but what I, I know to be true is life is very simple. And we've made it very complicated and being from an Island and married to somebody who's from an Island that gets reinforced in my daily life. Constantly, it's like yeah. connection, food, health, you've got to participate, you yeah. know, you have to contribute. Um, with your kids also, they're like, they see this as role models, right? Yeah. So but our kids think we're knuckleheads and we don't know what we're talking about and we're uncool just like everyone like else our 24 year old is just kind of saying some really weird nice stuff to us now right now that trips me out but are you kidding <laughs> no i know i'm kidding. no when it gets it worse like exactly. when they're teenagers it's like that's why and that actually by the way is for myself and for laird mm. that is for us to grow from mm -hmm. because also your children and we can be, I'm like, Hey, I'm 30 something years older than all of them. What do they know more than I know? They're also there to provide me with a different point of view because my brain's hardwired a certain way. I grew up in a certain generation. Mm -hmm. And so they're there actually, if I'm willing and it's uncomfortable to look at the world also through their eyes, to keep me connected to the way that the world is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now so true. Right. versus the way the world has been for me. Well, now it's all about social media. Yeah. Well, that's not, but that's a, that is a distraction. It's so that's a distraction. More than a distraction. So for people who don't have it easily, I would say, can you keep it simple for the other part of that is also clear communication with everyone. So even if it's a conflict, does it have to get to a certain point? And I find us females have this harder, like we have to finally get mad to go. I'm going to tell you how I feel what you learn. And certainly older is easier. 30, you start going, 
I'm going to drop off some information because I can see mm -hmm. starting to get upset. And just to like give yourself that right. But if you can do it in a loving way, I learned this a lot from Laird of like, this is how I'm feeling. I think you can avoid a lot of hassle in your, in your life where you have these relationships where it's like, oh, you know, you have all this, like, I don't want to say stuff under the rugs, but it's like in all the relationships, can you keep everything clear? Cause those take a lot of energy, hundred percent, right? So clear the decks in your marriage, or if you're in a, a romantic relationship, of any kind, like all the time, take inventory. Yeah. Take inventory. And, and also go, you know what? Like my partner's been busy and I see how hard they've been working. And so I'm going to understand why they maybe are short with like me. Compassion. Yeah. Because if you can trace it, look at the action and go, I'm going to trace that action back to like, wow, man, they're dealing with a lot. And they're also doing that for themselves, for their family, for me, I'm going to love and support them mm -hmm. versus come at them and, and try to share with them and say also like, Hey, is not only is there a way to support you? I want you to know how much I appreciate how much you deal with, but could we look at how it's coming out. Right. Executed. You know, so I think, I think for people who don't have it naturally, it's simplifying your life, writing down your values, like what's important to you. What do you want? And then also you've got to put together a plan. I can do it now easily because I've done it so long, but if in the beginning, write it down, how are you going to get that done? And by the way, you cannot do it alone. So that means you have to build a system. It means you got to show up. Is it a trainer? Is it a friend? Is it an appointment? It, yeah. Eight o'clock. And that gets broken for nothing unless someone is going Absolutely. to the hospital and it's like really sticking to it. And once they do 60 times or 60 days or whatever, um, and to, you mean to form a new habit. Yeah, yeah. But by the way, for them to know that there's going to be parts of that, that are never easy. There are things for me to this day and age. I'm not like, Oh, this is so easy. No, it's a practice mm -hmm. and you understand the value of the practice. So you commit to the practice. It's like being honest. Honest is not easier, mm -hmm. but there's no, it's absolutely true. There's no alternative. So I think, and it's also viewing yourself as somebody who can do that. I think they'll say, well, I'm not like that. Well, we're all not like anyway, we all just have to, we are sort of what we practice to be. Also, I feel like, you know, from this conversation, you, you respect your husband a lot, like for what he stands for, who he is. I think being around people that are positive role yeah. models for you helps as well. Right. Well, and be that. And because that, exactly, people learn a lot, like you were saying with your kids, what you do, people learn a lot from what they see, not from mm -hmm. always what they like hear all the time, right? Correct. So you see a good role model, you, you, you take that information in much more. Uh, I, I think you just kind of, it, it, it goes into your DNA more than just like hearing someone talk at you. Oh, no, no. It's good. It's like my kids are not listening to me. Right. They're only watching. And right. it's the same with Laird. Laird's all about action. Right. And, um, and, for same, yeah. and same for him. It's yeah. like, I don't want to just show me. And it doesn't mean that communication doesn't, it's not essential. Right. It's essential, but it's not about, well, I'm going to do this and that. No, do that. And then communication becomes something else. Yeah. Right. And, um, I think it's also important. Like I have a lot of single male friends and they'll be like, Oh, I don't meet girls and this and that. I'm like, yeah, but when you are the thing that you're looking for, they'll, they'll, they'll hear the signal. Right. And so I think it's important for people to be like, I really, I want to meet somebody or I want to have friends a certain way. Well, if you are these things, it will arrive. They will arrive. All of it will arrive. Right. I always say that, you know, water always finds its level. Like you always end up gravitating to who you, yeah. who you are. Yeah. Right. So if you're not that person, 
then you're not going to end up with that person or see that person. Yeah. Right. That's why probably you and Laird even you guys met, got married, had this like, you know, love because there's so, you guys have such similarities in your core. It feels. Well, I I always joke that people think that we're tall and blonde and athletic and that's what we have in common. (laughs) No, I don't think that. And it's really the way we grew up. And the, I think what we think is important and it's, it's such, so few things. It's this, it's the simple things in life. Really. It's so few things, you know, and, and, um, I don't know. I, I think sometimes that's not as sexy and it can even be boring, but I think in the, in the depths of your spirit, it sort of makes you feel really good. And that doesn't mean by the way, um, we haven't gone through like craziness in our family and with our kids right. and gone through heavy shit with our kids. Like, believe me, we, it's not like we're living on the mountain and the sun is shining. Right. And I never want to paint that picture, but it's just kind of like paying attention and working at it. And, and also, and sort of, I've said this a lot, I wake up each day and I, I say, okay, I'm going to try my best and I'll try to earn it today. And, um, I never assume like Laird and I'll be married in a year. Really? No. Cause then it's like, Oh, I got that. Right. You never have any of it. I don't have my health. I don't have That's my true. friendships. I don't have my marriage. You got to work on everything. I'm not, I, I was a good parent while you were a baby. So I'm good. It's like, no, it's like, I'm going to work. And you know, some days I do it better than others. Believe me. Um, and, that, and especially as a parent, I think that I've really, that's been the, that's been the hardest one. And the one that I'm, I am always the most concerned about. Really? Yeah, because it's so important. It is. It's, it's the most important one. It's the most important. And it's hard, especially when you're like a career person and you're ambitious and you're driven and you're with your kind of career. You're you're basically traveling. I would imagine all the time. Do you take the kid? Did you take them when they oh, were little all the time? I never you? left my kids until they were three years old because oh, I'm like good. they're babies, right? So they got to be with their mom. Yeah, and that's not easier. But also, no, let hard. me be clear. Let me be super clear about that. I am very aware of what a luxury that was because mm. there are p- most people that have to go to work and don't have that opportunity. Right. So this is, this is what I know. If people have to work hard and they're doing the best they can and they love their kids. And if they really screw up and they learn how to say, sorry, even if the kid's three years old, um, <laughs> that's a really good start. You know, like Larry mm. said to me, like you're here and you love them. And I think sometimes on the days that we feel like, man, I maybe, cause like, the best is like your kid turns 14 and you're like, oh, I think I, I was screwed this up the whole 14 years, right? Like right. you do that. I think it's the really important reminder to go, okay, am I, am I gonna be here? Am I willing to say when I blew it? And am I willing to try more and to try better? And then just keep going. Cause it'll, it will, it will, that's all gonna find its way. Right. No, you know, actually, that's true. I like that. And but it is, it's an ass kicker for sure. But a hundred percent. And then like you were in Hawaii, you said six months of the year as a family, yeah. right? You, we you, do. But right now we're pivoting because my youngest daughter, uh, she needs a different environment. And so we put her, we just put her into regular school because a oh, pretty really? hard school. She's a pretty bright kid and she needs uh, stimulation. And my middle daughter is dedicating all kinds of time to tennis now. So she needs to be here because Kauai is very rainy, oh, right. not good for tennis. So we're pivoting because that's the other thing in life. Well, we do, this is what we do. Okay, cool. Now we're going to do something different. Right. Cause you have to, you got to pivot with time. You got to pivot. Yeah. You got to always pivot with, with what's yeah. happening in the moment. You got to, and, and just trust that 
like it's uncomfortable and like, well, we usually, it's like, yep. And it's going to work out. You stay here with the kids. And then we'll go like the girls and I'll go like during the holidays and, and then Laird, if the big swell's coming, he'll fly over there. And it's just for, you know, if it's, is it a couple of years? I don't know. We'll just see. Right. So right now by himself for like a month or never that long. He he won't stay away from his family that long. So what's the longest, most, the longest you guys have been apart? Not very long. I mean, I think on, in 20, almost 24 years, I can count like three times, two weeks. And then I, I think a week is max. Wow. That's you know? amazing. Cause Laird is very dedicated to his family. Yeah. It sounds like it. He is. He's like, I wish I could just like have dinner and have be sleep with you guys at night. Like if he has to fly somewhere for a swell, um, oh, but that's just the nature of, well, he drove you here and he's waiting in the car for you. I like, know. Literally. He's like, do you want to chauffeur today? I was like, that's weird. Okay. No, because I try to listen. I let Laird off the hook on everything. That's because I I want him to be his spirit to be free. I don't want him to be contained because that's not who I married. And that's not who I'm attracted to. I'm attracted to the guy. And so what happens is, is then, of course, he will give more. But uh, I'm not here to bog him down with like domestic minutiae. Right. That is not good for a lot of men. Absolutely. And people can go, well, that's not fair. And why do women? And it's like, okay, do we need to get into the biological conversation? I don't know. You know, it's so true that you say, I, I, I agree with you. I think a lot of this, there's a lot of like, oh. con- like between the me too movement, I yeah. shouldn't even talk about this. And mm-hmm. like the, and like social media and what that message is about women. I mean, there's so many like, well, women have objectified con- themselves more in this moment than they ever have. Take me seriously. Absolutely. Yes. So I think what it is, is appreciating what's different, recognizing good behavior and bad behavior, whatever gender you are. Cause the problem is I know too many very decent men as equally as women. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not willing to, to take a whole group and say that's you. bad. And also masculinity, whether it's expressed by men or women for that matter, um, I think is so important for the world. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Like it's human nature, helpfulness, protectiveness. Uh, you, you know, it goes on and on about the traits that are important. And me as a pretty strong woman, I have experienced what it's like to have somebody who it goes out of my realm of being able to handle it. And Laird's right there. Like, Oh, the house is going to burn down. Laird fights the fire. Oh, it's flooding on Kauai. And Laird's like, four in the morning, leaving, going on a boat to go go pull people off a roof. I don't have that capability. It doesn't mean there aren't women who don't. I'm not suggesting that. All I'm saying is it's about recognizing when you see a trait in its realness, um, it's important to covet and to encourage Mm -hmm. because it's a beautiful thing as is femininity. So for me, I, I don't get caught up in any of that. It's just good behavior, bad behavior. If people are doing the same job, they should get paid the same, whatever that is. Everything else, there's so much nuance mm-hmm. and biological stuff that um, I think it's important to understand some of it so that we, I, I just think we're still kind of animals. Yeah. And um, not not to move away from it and not to say, hey, I have three daughters. You don't think I want them to go out and kick some serious ass in the world? Of course they do. They're right. animals. Right. I love it. But... They know how to be, they're nurturing. And that's their choice. If they say, hey, I don't want to have a family. I'm going to become a federal judge and that's going to be my life. I'll be like, great. First, figure out how to make yourself happy. But it's not about blaming a group fully because the people who are here right now, they're not the ones who set that up. I, I 100% You know, agree with so that. I think it's all that. But 
but that's also a, a very nuanced conversation, which is probably pretty hard to have right it's, now. It's a really, yeah, it's a very nuanced conversation. Yeah. But People what, aren't into nuance right they, now. They don't like nuance. Mm -mm. They like very much black and white yes. and this is this and yeah. this is that. But I also, I'm a big believer in human nature. I think people are, oh, yeah. there's a lot of, like, like you were saying, your, your husband, he's, in my opinion, he's very masculine. Yeah. So why try to domesticate don't that, like it would exactly it's no. not it's not natural because he's the guy that before i even hang up the phone i have a friend called saying like i'm in an accident i even hung up the phone and laird is gone yeah going okay. to help and so for me and it's not about men having to be that way it's just about if you are that way yeah yeah and and also as women be strong but for me personally once i get into my personal dynamic mm -hmm. i wanted to express myself a little differently yeah and that's not to say it couldn't be flipped well, right. But also, I understand. But I think when you have such a masculine energy like him, automatically you'll go into more of a feminine role, right? Because not I'm just saying, not or you'll be fighting, or you'll be combating. Right. That's mm -hmm. what I'm saying. There has to be a yin to a yang. Yeah. But he has also like I do my part, and he does his part. Right. But he's responsible for that. I'm not here to tell him how to be, mm -hmm. and that's the key too. Like I'm not here to tell Laird how to be Laird. I'm going to be my best self. And hopefully that inspires and motivates him. Mm -hmm. And I see him on his side, like bringing his very best. And that's how it works. And I think the mistake is when we try to go like, well, if you do this, then I'll do that. It's like, well, no, I'm going to do this. And if you choose not to go up and do and it, me at my then guess at what? Level. I'm probably going to split. Right. Exactly. It's just the way it is. Oh, and also the people that a lot of times what they'll do is they'll try to tweak and change that person oh, yeah. to mat to meet meet what they need mm -hmm. when that's not really like it's it's an uncomfortable place for the other person. Well there's resentment. That, and then also usually course. like Lord's like if I changed in all the ways you thought I wanted to change, you wouldn't want to be with me anyway. Exactly. You wouldn't be attracted to him anymore. Yeah. Because like you said, what you were attracted to was yeah. a certain kind of person. Totally. And you want him to stay in that that person. Yeah. So I think the habit is to realize focus on the things you can control. I love how you keep on like, you're like going right back to the message point. What's your show? I want to just be benefit <laughs> to you. But I'm just saying, I think for me, like if I haven't learned anything in this world, and even when it comes to my children, I will stay focused. Doesn't mean I don't mess around and worry about right. all this other crap that I'm actually not in control of. Right. I admit that freely. I lose sleep over it. However, ultimately it still comes back to, okay, what am I really in, in charge of? Right. And what can I participate in and how can I make this better? And what's my responsibility in this? And, um, and just, you know, go from there. Yeah. Well, I think you've been, you've been a great guest. Oh, well, thanks. No, you're, you're welcome. You're so sweet. No, that's the, well, the truth. I mean, you're, you're very open, you're honest. You like yeah. gave a lot of great tips and tricks and told us a lot about your relationship dynamic, which I think is super, like in my opinion, very, I'm, I'm super interested because both of you are in my, so similar and it's interesting to hear the dynamic. And we're very works, different. And yet very different. Like Laird is much more sensitive and kind and loving than I am. Wow. I am much more linear and. You seem pretty nice and kind to me. I am, but like when it's like, 12 and my <laughs> 11 year old's like, will you come down on the lower bed and lay with me? I'm like, no, Laird right. goes every single time. Wow. So when it comes down to it, yeah. you know, yeah. when it comes down to like, he's the, the mushy, sweet, kind, loving. Well, God bless him. He's been sitting in the car for like an hour and a half waiting well, for you. I, I better go. So I'm yeah. not in trouble. <laughs> and I will say one last thing for people. The most important thing really is one thing for whatever reason, maybe because I wasn't taught differently. 
ultimately, if I've had any sort of wor- success or stuff in the world, it's really because I did it as who I am. And so I think what's really important for people, especially if they're going to try to physical practice, fitness, they start looking at pictures and bodies and all this stuff. Make sure you're lined up with who you are. Mm-hmm. Because if I was training and looking at a girl who was 110 pounds and a size two or whatever, um, I'd be perpetually frustrated, right? So it's also about like really drilling down on who am I, what what do I think I do well? What are the things I'm going to be working on and go from there? Because when we're just trying to fit into something we see, I think that is a really, uh, that's a tough thing. And it's a thing I don't think ends great. I love that you said that at the end, because I, that's my whole entire philosophy with life. Like stop trying to fit into some, like a a circle into a square, right? Be the best version of yourself and have realistic goals with who you are and what you're about. Right. And don't try to be like, like my first book, second book, third book, all about the fact that all these people are trying to be, if you're a size four, you want to be a size two. If you're a size two, you want to be a size zero. Why don't you have a goal? Like I want to be strong. And then you achieve that goal. That gives you the confidence and the mental, like the the mental sexiness that will then become physically. It'll manifest itself. That's right. And, and I think that that's an energy that people undervalue. Wow. They look like they feel pretty good. And like, you know, they feel good about themselves mm-hmm. or like self-confidence. They've got something going and they're pretty up. Like most times I see them, they're pretty positive. Mm-hmm. Like that's attractive. And the most, it's the most attractive quality. There's, it is there's tons of research basing on that. Like the, it doesn't matter if you're, if you're beautiful or average or fat or skinny, every, you know, what, what supersedes everything is yeah. confidence. That's right. Every single time. Yeah. Because that's, the, that's the most like beautiful. That's what people gravitate to. Yeah. And you can look at your fine lines. I do that too. But you, well, we you know, do that, don't but... make that your thing. Or like you can be like you can be accepting of your thing, but also be like, okay, I'm like five six and I look like this. I'm gonna make yeah. my, I'll make it the best five six body. Right. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm six three, whatever. Like I could take you to the mall right down the block from your house, and you could shop with me and be like, oh my god, I can't believe one thing in the store doesn't fit you. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, like, yeah. No, I'm just saying. I can imagine, of yeah. course. So, you know, it's like you just roll with it. You're like, all right, size 12 foot. Okay, Google that. That's right. <laughs> That's 100% <laughs> so, true. I love that you said that. Thank you so much. You really, like I said, you're yeah. like an amazing guest. Would you oh. come back sometime? Yeah, as long as you don't make me go on a treadmill after I've trained. Okay, I won't. But I, and also, like, I promise to invite you back okay. when there's some air conditioning. I know, you're just messing with me. You're like, yeah, how you handling that? <laughs> this is your infrared sauna Are, are right you here. really from the Caribbean? Yeah. Oh, a lot of heat and ice, huh? <laughs> exactly. Thank you so much. Gabby, how can I find you? Oh, don't worry. They can find me. Gabby Reese with a C R E E C E. I'm not, you're not really promoting anything anyway. I'm not really a big self promoter. It's probably the down one of my major down. Well, I think you've done pretty well with yourself without that self promotion. What do you think? I would would like to have half your career. (laughs) It's working out. Yeah. Working out just fine. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Habits and hustle, time to get it rolling. Stay up on the grind, don't stop, keep it going. Habits and hustle from nothing into something. All out, hosted by Jennifer Cohen. Visionaries, tune in, you can get to know them. Be inspired, this is your moment. Excuses, we ain't having that. The Habits and Hustle Podcast, powered by Habit Nest. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. 
On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.